Welcome everyone to We Have Issues, our weekly comic book podcast that opens the vault, feels the boom, weathers the aftershock, and marvels at every issue released this week. I'm your host, Keith, and I'm here to talk about all your favorite issues and publishers. But first, a bit of comic book news. I have a couple things. Uh, two bits of DC, two bits of Marvel. Uh, first of all, DC. I'm actually really excited about this. So Peter J. Tomasi, who created Super Sons, which was that amazing book uh, that focused on uh, John Kent and Damian Wayne loved it is making a new series and it's going to be so great. I'm so excited about this. It's called Sinister Sons. And this time it's going to be the sons of General Zod and Sinestro known as Lor Zod and Sin Sun. I'm so stoked for this. It's such a funny, weird idea. I think it's just really perfect for this. Um, the art's going to be by David, David LaFuente. And this should be coming out in February. This is a must purchase for me. So you guys should definitely pick it up as well. The other bit of DC news is that they have announced a new Black Label series called The Batman First Night. It's going to be written by Dan Jurgens and art by Mike Perkins, which will actually be Dan Jurgens' first book under Black Label, which is really cool. Um, it is a three-issue mini, so I think it's going to be the extra-large ones that they've been doing, because that's usually when it's three issues of those sizes. <laughs> and it is a story inspired like by the earlier years of Batman's career. So I think that sounds really cool. I'll probably end up picking that up, because I like Dan Jurgens. He's like someone I've always really quietly admired quite a bit. So very cool. Uh, next, Marvel has uh, released a teaser of the prequel series of the planet of the apes uh, comic that they're going to be doing. And it does look like it's going to be a prequel to the original film. And it is going to feature characters from that film, including uh, Cornelius, Zara and Nova. So I think that's pretty cool. I know several people who are really, really big planet of the apes fans. Um, so that is definitely something that they will want to check out. Uh, this is called beware the planet of the apes and the issue number one will come out in January. It's actually early January, January 3rd. So we don't have too long to wait. And just so you know, it's written by Mark Guggenheim with art by Alvaro Lopez. And my final bit of news is something that oh, just takes me back to my childhood. Uh, Marvel is going to be doing variant covers for a couple issues in February. Uh, uh, basically homaging the art of the Brothers Hildebrandt and the uh, trading cards that they did back in 94 uh, for Marvel Masterpieces 3. I had all these cards. I loved the set. And that was when I was really into trading cards. Uh, so the ones we're going to have are uh, an Invisible Woman cover for Fantastic Four, which features her most controversial costume ever. It's just hilarious. And it's like nonsense. I love it. Uh, we get a She-Hulk one for Sensational She-Hulk 5. We got a Night Thrasher one for the return of Night Thrasher, which I'm very excited about. And we get a Spider-Woman one for Spider-Woman 4. So, oh, sorry, I did miss one. A Cable one uh, for the new Cable series that's coming. So, very interesting. For those who don't know, the Brothers Hildebrandt just did these amazing pieces of art that were all turned into trading cards. And just, they were just so great. Like, it was the thing to have at the time. And I know if any of my, you know, super nerd fans are listening, they're they're probably salivating people my age. So, definitely something you want to check out if you don't know what I'm talking about. Other than that, that's all the news that I got. So we'll jump straight into our comic book move, news, excuse me, comic book reviews. And uh, we're going to go ahead and start, as always, with our comics. We don't start with a bang. We start with a boom. Boom Studios is our first publisher. 
And I only have one boom book this week. It's The Expanse Dragon Tooth number seven, written by Andy Diggle, illustrated by Francesco Pisa, colored by Raul Angulo, and lettered by Pat Brousseau. Um, this is continued at 7 of 12, of course, and it's continuing this story that takes place, of course, in the Expanse universe, and it's based on the TV version of the Expanse universe for any differences, if anyone's curious. And I really like it. Um, it's difficult to talk about it without spoiling because I want people to watch the show too. <laughs> so I can't talk too much, but it is a murder mystery. There's a con- larger conspiracy going on and uh, someone who is tangentially related to the crew is killed off. And then um, they're doing the investigation, but then it becomes more personal is what I'll say. A member of the crew gets caught up in it. And it's kind of like, if you're familiar with the series, it's the one member of the crew that if you mess with, you'll piss off the entire crew. <laughs> you'll probably know who I'm talking about if you've read it so, or read the book, saw the show. But I'm really enjoying this. I'm so excited to get my um, my paper or my trade for it because I did back that Kickstarter and it's going to be so cool. I can't wait for that to come in. But um, in the meantime, I am getting the floppies. And I got to give Boom Studios props. They give digital copies of each issue if you back the Kickstarter. So you don't have to buy the floppies to keep up with what's going on. That's a really considerate thing for them to do. They don't need to do that. So, but yeah, really good book. Obviously, if you're a fan of The Expanse, it's definitely something that you would like to pick up. Next up, we're going to talk about another publisher. In this case, that publisher is Mad Cave Studios. I don't talk about Mad Cave a lot, but I actually have two Mad Cave books this week. Uh, First of all, The Devil That Wears My Face, number two. I didn't get a chance to review this book because I didn't have it when it came out. My store literally sold out of it. I ended up picking it up later on, Um, but uh, I really enjoyed it. So I'm glad I got a chance to review uh, issue two for you. Written by David Pose, art colors by Alex Cormack, and letter by Justin Birch. Now, everybody knows I love some Alex Cormack, and David Pose is one of my favorite writers. So this is kind of like perfect for me. It's a really like so creepy story about possession, about the the specifically possession within the Catholic Catholic framework. And this idea of like, like a man of the cloth himself being corrupted and the damage that it can cause. And it goes really hard. Like this book was incredibly hard and I really liked it. I thought um, that it's, it's very David Popose. I love his, his sense of irony. Um, that's one of the things I always liked about David quite a bit all the way back to uh, his earliest stuff. Um, uh, I really like going to the chapel. Uh, that was really great. And Spencer Locke's really good too. So um, yeah, check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. If you're, if you Halloween's over and you're still craving something a little spooky, it's definitely a good pick. After that is Eden Frost. Number one. Uh, this is written by Amit Tischler c- uh, art by Bruno Frenda letter by Taylor Esposito. Um, this is a really cool, like survival story about two siblings trying to survive um the attack on their homeland and uh it's so cool i I really like the characters already that are just like immediately likable and it's got like it's it's got like um you know like the the kind of the golem vibes um the you know the golem of of like jewish folklore of a creature you can bring to to life to protect you and it's definitely pulling from that which is really, really cool. Um, having recently read the He Who Walks With Monsters book, which was specifically about that, this is a really kind of cool companion. Um, I love the characters and I love the setting. Um, I don't want to give too much away. 
Um, but it's really interesting. I think it's a book that everyone should really check out because I dig it. I dig it a lot. And the immediate relationship between the siblings is really apparent without hammering you over the head with it. I think it's just really well told. So definitely a pickup. Everybody should read that and let me know what you think. Uh, with that said, as I said, I only have the two Mad Cave Studios books. So we are going to move forward and talk about a different publisher in this case. That publisher is Dynamite Comic Books. Um, I only have the one Dynamite book, which is Disney Villains Hades. Written by Elliot Kalan, art by Alessandro Rinaldi, colored by Dirba Kelly, letter by Jeff Eckleberry. And this is uh, the struggle for the Golden Fleece and uh, everybody coming together, all, all the different forces working together on it. And uh, obviously it's a story about Hades and it's a story about Greek mythology. So it's just chock full of betrayal and such. I really liked it. Um, I've just really grown to really like these characters quite a bit. And uh, it ends in a way that I just cannot wait to see what's going to happen. It does seem like there's going to be one more issue and it's going to wrap everything up. So I'm here for it. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying these Disney villains books and definitely worth a pickup if you are a fan of them. Or if you just want a fun, you know, all ages tale. All right, that wraps up Dynamite. Let's move on to my last uh, small publisher. Well, actually not this week, but let's talk IDW. Uh, Bryn Moore, number five, the final issue, written by Steve Niles, art by Damian Worm, art assistance by Elysia Zarno, and lettered by Taylor Esposito. Uh, it's a final issue, so I'm not going to dive too much into it because I want you to pick up the trade. But it was a cool little compact, creepy tale. Uh, lots of really great visuals, obviously. Um, if you're a fan of Steve Niles, it's a book you're probably really going to like. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was like cool lore. Is I, I, I keep thinking back to the fact that it's kind of pocket-sized. It's, it's a nice, small story that doesn't get too involved, doesn't dig too deep. And it's just like a good, quick read. I really, I really like it for that reason. Um, and yeah, like I said, great visuals, fun characters. Good book. Pick it up. I don't think you'll be disappointed in it. And the, I'm sure the trade will look really nice too, based on the visuals. So, All right. Next publisher. I got two books from Dark Horse Comics. First of all, The Alternates, number three. Script by Pat Oswalt, Jordan Blum, and Tim Seeley. Art by Christopher Mitten. Ian Hearing During the Colors. Additional art and coloring by Tess Fowler. And letters by Nate Picos. Um, this is how I found out this series is only going to be four issues, which is really disappointing because I really, really liked this series so far and some really cool characters. Um, again, I, this is from the minor threats universe, which is a universe that I think has a lot of promise and I hope we see more from, but diving into the, the alternates, these side characters that have always been, again, the alternates, not the main characters. And I think diving into their mythos a bit, diving into why they are who they are. And it, I just think it's really interesting. Really, hmm. I'll just say I want to know what's going to happen because I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to come to a really cool ending. And I wonder what it means for the future of the Mind of Threats universe, is what I'll say. I'll just leave it there. So, very cool. Pick it up. Only one issue left. My other Dark Horse book is Killer Queens, Volume 2, Number 3. Uh, one of my favorite books, of course. Uh, script is by David M. Boer. Art by Bradley Clayton, colors by Harry Saxon, letters by Lucas Gattoni. Um, I love this book. I loved the first volume. I love this volume. Um, 
I do love like how much of a focus Alex is getting in this volume. Uh, I, I really like the character and I definitely feel like she needed a little bit more focus in this volume. So she's getting it. It's great. Um, also, uh, Alex's sibling call getting uh, this extended story is really, really interesting. I love the build up to this, to the ending here and what's going to happen. And uh, yeah, just how Alex is solving the situation is what I'll say. I, I just think it's really cool. Um, it does look like there's going to be one issue left. So it is a four issue mini. Please buy it. I want more. I should also mention the cover is sexy as hell. So just throwing that out there. <laughs> but yeah, that is my Dark Horse books. Now we're going to move on and we're going to talk about another publisher. In this case, the brand new on the scene distillery. This really has started their second uh, ongoing series. Of course, we had the Devil's Cut uh, first big one shot, and we've already had one of the series. Now we have Somna. This one is story and art by Becky Clunan and Tula Latte, colors by Lee Luffridge, Dee Cunniff, and Tula Latte, letters by Lucas Catoni. I love this book. I love it so much. Um, the visual stylings of this book are just enrapturing. I, I, I was enraptured by this book. That's the best word for it. I, I read it twice. I read through twice because I really liked it. And I wanted to go back through it and kind of like knowing the ending, knowing what we're, what we're dealing with. I want to go back through and see what I'm, what I noticed. It, it got me that deep and I cannot wait for it to continue. Um, Distillery has yet to miss. Just so good. I jump on Distillery now, guys. Don't don't wait. This is something that's going to be a major hit, and I cannot wait. This one specifically, just Becky Clunan, obviously telling an amazing story, and Tulalite's art is just stunning. It's stunning. So, highest recommendations from me for Distillery's Somna. And yes, it is a larger book. You might need to get a magazine box. Okay, that's everything for the independent books for the week. So let's start talking about the bigger boys and that includes image comics which is where we're going to start and the first book that we're going to have is a number one from some pretty familiar names but not in comics necessarily so very very excited to talk to you about this book this book is called the holy roller number one and it's written by Rick Remender, Andy Samberg, yes, that Andy Samberg, and Joe Troman, yes, that Joe Troman. Art by Roland Boschi, colors by Moreno Desnicio, and lettered by Russ Wooten. Um, this is a brand new superhero tale told with tongue firmly in cheek, you could say. And it is about a superhero who accepts his um, uh, mantle from his father, his father who was a bowler and the son was trained, you know, grew up as a great bowler and could have gone pro, but he wanted to find his own way. And just growing up in this town and now coming back to his hometown as his father is dying and accepting this mantle. And <laughs> it's just fun. It deals a lot with, um, with anti-Semitism. Anti anti I, I, for some reason, I can't say that right now. Jewish hate, I will say. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, I really, really like it. I thought it was very cool. The ending's really great. I think, I think it has some beats that I think people are really, really going to like. And it's going to be something that's going to draw a lot of attention to comics. And I'm always in favor of that. So 
Really cool. Uh, very much enjoyed it. Can't wait to see where else it goes. After that is Void Rivals 6. I finally caught up on Void Rivals because I missed issue 4. And I finally caught it because I went out of town and found it. Uh, so definitely glad to be caught up on it. Written by Robert Kirkman. Art by Lorenzo De Felici. Colored by Matthias Lopes. And lettered by Russ Wouton. Um, so with our two uh, soldiers now reunited and working with the resistance they are on the run and uh just a really cool action chase scene proceeds and we get like this tease that they're going to be on their own and that they they're going to be going through a dangerous area so that's cool it'll be nicely narrow down the cast a little bit for them and give them some time together to kind of reflect on what's happened between them the seeming betrayal and everything so i think it's a really good step and uh, yeah, the book's been really good. I really like how this Energon universe is building up. So, Final image book is Kill Your Darlings number three. Uh, written by Ethan S. Parker. Story, or, oh, sorry, story by Ethan S. Parker and Griffin Sheridan. Art by Robert Quinn. Letters by John J. Hill. Um, this one is so cool. We get to finally see the sanctuary. We get to travel to the sanctuary. And we get to meet all these characters from this girl's imagination. And it's really great. They're really enjoyable characters that like, I think have a really cool like idea of like, what if this, what if this child had this imaginary world and what if that world was left alone for years to kind of do its own thing? And I think that's really interesting without making it like grim and dark and weird. Like it just, it just continued. And that's a really interesting concept. Um, Really, really kind of shocking ending to this issue too in implications that i don't know what they're going to mean exactly how much of impact they're going to have so we'll see but kill your darns has already been very very good and uh i highly highly recommend it that's it for image so let's move on to dc comics and we got a couple dc books this week kind of a heavy dc week comparatively the last few weeks Uh, but let's jump in first of all green lantern war journal number three this, of course, is the John-centric book, um, and I, I've been really actually enjoying this book. Um, I have always preferred John over Howe, so that probably helps. Written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, art and cover by Montos, colored by Adriana Lucas, and letter by Dave Al Sharp. Um, yeah, I, I really like it. Um, I do love the continued um, impact of Steelworks with John in this story. I think it's cool uh, characters to cross over. And continuing to remember that John's mother is a part of the story. Like she's very centric to the story. And I think that the fact that she doesn't get sidelined immediately or anything like that is a really good sign. I think that's really cool. And it's definitely helping my enjoyment of it. Overall, just a really good story. There's also a surprise appearance, which I won't spoil, um, of assistance for John, which I think is just opening up some stuff and a really cool design. I will say that as well for the character. So pick it up. Find out for yourself and then message me because I want to talk about it. <laughs> Next up is Jay Garrick, The Flash, number two. Um, written by Jeremy Adams, art by Diego Or Olortegui, color by Luis Guerrero, and letter by Steve Wands. I um I re- I'm really enjoying this book because uh I like the introduction of Judy Garrick. I think it was a cool character to bring in. And uh I think she's, I love her design and I love this, this story we're telling of her adapting to the world that she'd left behind 
but also her parents adapting to being parents again, which I think is interesting. Um, there's also like hints that something's up with her and with her being here that isn't quite right. And we'll see what it's going to be. I, I think, but I don't know. I really like it, but I just, I can't get over her character design. It's adorable. So very good book. Next up is Hawk Girl number five. Uh, this one is five of six, which means it's going to end soon, which is very sad because this book has been great. Written by Jadzia Axelrod, drawn by Aman K. Nahopan, colored by uh, Adriana Lucas, and lettered by Hassan Atsmane Elhau. I love this because it's like a really great tour through Kendra's life for those who, like when this book was announced, I remember people seeing it and thinking that this is the hot girl they know. And it's like, no, no, you, you need to know a little more hot girl lore to kind of understand who this is. And this was kind of a good tour through who she is as a person. And uh, I really liked it. I thought it was cool, but it's also not just a tour through her past, but also a, a study of her character. I think balancing those two was done really, really interestingly. And also showing us a side of this darkness, this dark villain that is, is challenging her. So doing all three, really good balance. I, I really liked it. Uh, the only thing, negative thing I can say about this book is there's only one issue left. <laughs> I've really enjoyed this. Uh, Jadzia does an amazing job. I hope to see Jadzia doing more uh, with Hawkgirl and with Galaxy, both characters I love, uh, because the potential's there. There's a lot that can happen that would be really interesting. After that is The Justice Society of America, number seven. Um, this book was a big surprise to me. I remember I picked it up because I was like, eh, I like the JSA, the first issue. And now I'm like, this is one of the DC books I look forward to the most as far as group books go. Written by Jeff Johns, art by Marco Santucci, colored by Ivan Placencia, and lettered by Rob Lay. Um, so we get... Uh, <laughs> We get Helena Wayne recruiting her future version of the JSA, which was mostly reformed villains. And she's like, well, we might as well get started now. And it doesn't go great. Her first recruit, let's just say it does. He doesn't get recruited in, in a way that really works. <laughs> so um, I love the scene with Icicle. Um, so cool. I really like that scene. Uh, it gives him character immediately. And I think that's just excellently well done um but it's a really cool story and there's a lot of stuff going on i love the dr fate subplot stuff going on just a lot just a lot of really great stuff and the introduction of the legion of substitute heroes and i already love them i'll just say that i love them already so very very cool lot set up but i think very very good stuff next up is titans number five speaking of great team books um this one is, uh, of course, they put the credits at the end, didn't they? Oh, DC, you're so wacky. Uh, there we go. Written by Tom Taylor, art by Nicholas Scott, colors by Annette Kwok, and letter by Wes Abbott. Um, this kind of revolves around two stories. Um, the Titans making good on the promise of to help restore Borneo after the big disaster with Beast Boy taking the charge and just being badass. It was really, really great. And the second part is this impending death of Wally West. We had this visit from the future indicating when he dies and the Titans are trying to save him. And I love the way they, I love the way this resolves. I think it's really coolly done. And it also ties into this, you know, this ongoing arc with Garth and this church and the possession and, 
it, I like that it shows how competent our heroes can be. They're not just stupid. They don't just let things happen. So very cool. Really liked the book. Uh, Titans have been great since being the new Justice League, essentially. And I hope it lasts longer than I think it will. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. After that is Wonder Woman number three. Um, oh, my God. Okay, written by Tom King. Art by Daniel Sampier. Color by Tomi Mori, And letter by Clayton Cowles. Um, I will first say that the art in this issue is just amazing. I absolutely love the way that Diana is drawn in the series. Um, just so she looks beautiful, but she also looks so strong. And obviously that's like a very, very important thing when you're, when you're drawing Diana, you got to make her look strong. Um, I will read the tweet I posted about this as, as I read this issue, which was, Every time I read a new issue of Wonder Woman, I think about the people who wrote this runoff before seeing a, seeing a single page, not hearing much from them lately for some reason. Yeah, exactly. Because this run has been incredible, and no one can even pretend otherwise. The action's really good. There's some great comedic bits, but it's not overwhelming. Uh, it's it's honestly theme or like thematically, it feels like Nightwing, which is one of the best books on the stacks right now. It's just perfectly balanced. The balance is just just, just perfect. And continuing this ongoing um, Amazon struggle, like there's a great reveal with the jet is all I'll say. I, I don't want to spoil it. This is a must-read book. It's becoming a must-read book. And I have to talk about the backup story at the end because it's so good. It's the cutest thing in existence. And... You should be reading, if nothing else, you should be reading this book for this. This is written by Tom King with Belen Ortega, uh, Alejandro Sanchez, and Clayton Cowles. And this is building up Trinity, the daughter of Wonder Woman that we've been teased before. Um, and this is her as a child being babysat by John and Damien. And it's as cute as you could imagine. She has a costume. Her and Damien's, uh, what's the word? Chemistry is fantastic. Um, just, I want a full series of just these trio being kids. I love it. It's so good. Uh, after that is Superman number eight. Uh, man, Superman. Let me tell you guys, this book. I I haven't regularly bought a Superman book until this year. In years, years, years. I just never cared for the character and i'm going to give the first spoiler for our end of the year awards in case anyone is curious superman is nominated for best dc book of the year for me i love it i'm so turned around on the superman character and not just this book action comics everything else superman related i've really dug so congratulations dc probably the best turnaround for dawn of dc so Written by Joshua Williamson. Art by Gleb Melkinoff, Norm Ratman, David Baldian, and Jamal Campbell. With colors by Alejandro Sanchez with Jamal Campbell. Letter by Dave L. Sharp. Um, I love this, this setup with The Chained. This person that Luther you know, contained at some point in the past. And we do get a pretty extensive origin story. We also get to kind of explore the, the Luther family dynamics a bit more. And we get to check in with Pharma and Graft again. Very cool. Um, I like the ending too. I think it, it's it was a very Clark move, is what I'll say. Again, it's a big deal, so I don't want to spoil it. I just this book is just the characters are on point. Every single one of them. 
the art is always beautiful. It's just a great story. And again, I haven't enjoyed myself reading Superman like this in years. And I big thumbs up. After that is Catwoman 59. Um, so I jumped on Catwoman because of the Gotham War. And I know this is why crossovers exist. So I want to make sure it's very clear. I jumped on Bat- Catwoman because of Gotham War. And I'm just going to buy it now because I love the work they're doing. This one's written by Tini Howard, art by Stefano Raffali, color by Veronica Gandini, and letter by Lucas Gattoni. Really interesting story coming out of Gotham War where um, I won't reveal the specifics because it's a really cool visual and I think everybody should check it out. But Selena has determined that she has the proverbial nine lives of a cat. And she has a mission. She has something that she does have to do. And these nine lives are going to be very useful in it. And, you know, it's just spend it like, you you know, you got it. It's just it's just really interesting. And it's going to add a really cool angle to this. And a conclusion that even though we're one issue into, issue into this, I'm already looking forward and thinking, like, what's going to happen? And that's a great sign of a, a good story is if I'm already thinking about the end. And what I want to happen, what I think will happen. Very cool. Yeah, I'm buying Catwoman now. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to go back and get some older issues too. We'll see. All right. And the final DC book, of course, is Nightwing 108, written by Tom Taylor, art by Stephen Byrne, colored by Adriana Lucas, and lettered by Wes Abbott. This is Pirate Nightwing being his sexy open shirt self and. I, I love it. It's so great. Him and hanging out with B on the on the open waves and dealing with the, an actual literal mutiny. It's just so cool. Um, and a pretty shocking ending. I want to see what's going to happen there. It does say to be concluded, so I think there's only one more issue for this arc. And that kind of leaves it open to what could happen. Um, so, very interesting. Really liked it. I, I do love the art for this arc and just Nightwing being beefcake is amazing. So, there's also the backup story at the end that has been a three-parter that is just been so good i can't stress enough how much great this is this should probably be collected in a single issue just for people to read uh because it's that good written by michael w conrad art by serge acuna color by adriana lucas letter by wes abbott very bat family centric and something that i think you should read because it's fun and that's it for dc let's talk about marvel comics uh we got some marvel books this week we do as always so let's jump in first of all a book I didn't hear anything about and uh, just dropped on me. Uh, Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars Battle World number one, a four issue limited series. I don't think this is, yeah, this isn't a reproduction or anything. This is a actual story between two panels in the original Secret Wars as part of the the anniversary. Uh, this is written by Tom DeFalco, art by Pat Olaf, uh, color by John Calise, and letter by Joe Carr Magda. Uh, it originally features Spider-Man, but there's a thing at the beginning that kind of indicates there's going to be a lot of characters revealed. And uh, we do get to see a couple of them here. I won't spoil it because the credits don't spoil it, so I figure it's up for you to discover. But it is interesting to kind of see some of these characters have the dynamic they used to have, not that they have now. It's nice to go back to that. Um, but yeah, fun. If you're a fan of the original Secret Wars, it's an easy pickup for you to pick up and, and to enjoy. Next up is Captain Marvel, number two. I already like this run of Captain Marvel so much. Written by Alyssa Wong. 
Uh, obviously, I like it. I love Alyssa Wong. <laughs> Art by Jean Bazaldua, colored by Brian Valenza, and letter by Ariana Mayer. With Carol and this new character, Yuna, attached via the Nega Bands, it's, um, it's building this new dynamic. And I've always liked the Nega Bands thing to attach two characters and force a dynamic. I always thought it was a good storytelling device. And this is a good example of it. I think it's really well done. Um, it also kind of gives you like a condition on Carol, on a character as powerful as Carol, that I think, again, great storytelling device. Um, really interesting story that we, we get here. Um, a tease that they're going to be involved in another Marvel hero in the arc, which I am all for because it's a character that I love. Once again, I'm not spoiling. Pick up the book yourself. But already a great start for this run. Um Will it reach the heights of the last run? Maybe. It might. Uh, the last run was really good. And this is already off to a great start. Next up is Daredevil Black Armor, number one. Another flashback tale. We've been getting a lot of these from Marvel lately. Written by D.G. Chichester. Uh, penciled by Nathan Diaz. Inked by J.P. Meyer. Colored by Andrew Dollhouse. And lettered by Clayton Cowles. Uh, yeah, this is a flashback tale to when uh, Matt had the, the Black Armor suit. Which is great. It's just a great suit. I do love that it's a pretty authentic jump back in time. Uh, very much the same visual style. Some characters had a unique look at the time that is definitely replicated in the story. It's not like they just took liberties. I, I think it's really well done. And it's something I think is a lot of fun. Um, sometimes these flashback tales can just be a bit, you know, self-serving. It doesn't really do anything new. But I think this one's very good. So definitely worth a pickup. Next up is Incredible Hulk number six, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, art by Nick Klein, colored by Matt Wilson, and lettered by Corey Petit. Um, very cool book. I, <laughs> I just, I, how do I say this? It's such a gross book, but in a good way. Um, the visuals are, if you like monster body horror, this is the book for you. It's not my thing, but I do enjoy it quite a bit. Um, I also just love this continuing tale of Charlie. I love this character of Charlie. I'm so fascinated by the role she's playing in Hulk and Bruce's lives and where she's going to end up, what's going to happen to her. And it could really go so many different ways that it's a really interesting journey to go on. Um, but yeah, big recommendation. This has been a great run. I want to know what my buddy Josue thinks of it because this is right up his alley. And also we get a tease of an alternate version of a character. I mean, you could probably figure it out if you look at the cover of it, but yeah, I'm curious to see, get some more story behind that too. All right. Next up is Moon Knight City of the Dead. Number five, the finale written by David Popose, my second David book of the week, penciled by Marcelo Ferrara, inked by Jay Leiston, colored by Rochelle Rosenberg and lettered by Corey Petit. Um, this does wrap up this side story, and unfortunately, it does end with Moon Knight having to say goodbye to Layla, the love of his and my life, and she's gone. Or is she? No, I, there's a tease. I'll just tell you right now. Um, but it's very, very cool. I love the conclusion. I love the the way the situation is resolved, um, and it's just it's just really good. And it's it's a very Moon Knight story, like. It's very true to the character. It's very true to the history of the character and like what is important to him, his values. I, I think it was really well done. And just 
just thinking that we had two amazing Moon Knight series going at the same time by two of my favorite writers in comics is just really mind-blowing. If you told me that 10 years ago, I would not believe you that we had one, much less two. So, wonderful book. And uh, I can't wait to see what what we're getting next because something big has happened in Moon Knight's life. We will see. Next, and to my surprise, my book of the week. Yes, it is a Marvel book and it's not a number one, which does not happen. But it is my book of the week. Avengers Inc. number three. I cannot tell you how much you need to be reading this book. Written by Al Ewing, penciled by Leonard Kirk, inked by Leonard Kirk and Ballardino Bravo, colored by Alex Sinclair and lettered by Corey Petit. So you you take the Avengers, right? You make it a bit detective noir with some legit, really cool mysteries that require investigation. At the same time, you have a mysterious stranger. There's so many things going on in this. Also, you get the guest star kind of thing going in each issue. It's guest stars. We go to different locations. We're kind of going around the Marvel Universe. There's so much that appeals to me about this book. And it's just... It's just one of my favorite books. I I love it. I love Janet in it. Janet is just this awesome character. I love the tease of who's responsible for everything, which we got in the last book or the last issue. I love this Victor Shade character and what's going to happen there. And the mystery of it is just really interesting. And just the issue mysteries themselves are really great. This one revolving around a murder in Valhalla. Which just, if you told me Murder Mystery in Valhalla, that's all I need to know. I'm hooked. So just the pitch alone has me on this book. Pick this up, guys. This this book is so good. I need this to go on for a while. Please pick it up. Next up is Sensational She-Hulk, number two. Written by Rainbow Roll. Art by Andres Genelette. Color by D. Cuniff. Uh, letter by Joe Carmagna with a bonus white wingfoot story at the end written by Bobby Wilson, art by David Cutler and colored by D kind of, of course in this one, it's uh, we don't really get into the typical like gin shenanigans that we have been in the other issues. Cause this one, she runs into Hulk and she's just like family, you know? <laughs> and then of course the, the woman from the previous uh, series that got the Hulk powers from She-Hulk shows up. So we got three Hulks, and they're just not going to get along. And it turns into an all-out battle, which is great. Um, the whole issue is basically that situation, so we don't get to check in with the personal life, the social life por- portion of it. But it's still a lot of fun, really cool. And it is interesting to see these characters come back. I think it's a good idea. Uh, with that said, the White Wingfoot story is actually very cute too. We were j- I was just telling my roommate about White Wingfoot and who he is um, and trying to explain it and then getting this series or getting this little mini series and mini story. I'm like, hey, I can just show her this. She'll understand. So that's really cool. All right. Spidey books. We got one. Well, one real Spidey book is what I'll say. <laughs> so, Amazing Spider-Man 38, written by Zeb Wells, penciled by Ed McGinnis, inked by Mark Farmer, Wade Von Gravadger, and Ed McGinnis, colored by Marcio Meniz, and lettered by Joe Carmagna, with additional work by Emilio Lasso and Eric Arsenega in a bit. So, this is the the wrap-up of the Rec Rap story. And I love Rick Rap, but I do think he is he's great in small doses. So I think three issues was just perfect. I think he would have overstayed his welcome a bit if he just kept lingering. Um, 
but yeah, really cool. They 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 resolve the situation. Rap gets to be the hero. Very very interesting. Tying into Limbo as well, of course. It's just ooh, I'm so so on pins and needles about X Men books, but we'll talk about X Men books in a bit. We also get an extended tease, as I said, the art does change for Gang War, and I'm getting really hyped for Gang War. I I really it's, it's evolving so many characters that I really thoroughly enjoy, and just the hype is really building up. Uh, so I'm excited. Uh, I'm definitely going to be picking it all up. After that is the X-Men books. We got four. Let's jump in. Immortal X-Men number 17. Oh, good God. So much happens in this book, and it's fantastic. Written by Karen Gillan. Art by Juan Jose Rip. Colored by David Curio. Letter by Clayton Cowles. So we got the concurrent stories of Xavier on Krakoa, the island of Krakoa, protecting it from people. And in this, we discover that he is being visited psychically by Mr. Sinister, who is still in the hole, uh, in the pit, I should say, and is reaching out to him. And Xavier discovers that these people who've been murdered bodily have been killed by Sinister using Charles while Charles is asleep. Of course, this is not something that Charles appreciates, but they have a really cool talk. And we get to see Sinister kind of be a bit more of a, a person, but also like, it's so funny because it's Sinister. So I never really trust him. So we'll see. Um, and meanwhile, we're also in the white hot room with all the, and I use the term as loosely as I can survivors. <laughs> um, and we get to see mother righteous make her move. Uh, and it doesn't go as smoothly as she thinks it would, but of course she has debts to call in and, What's going to happen? Yes, it's so cool. And the religious connotations of this story with with hope, with Exodus, and then you have Mother Righteous. You have, uh, you know, Jean Grey, who's like a living embodiment of like resurrection. There's so much going on in this. It's so interesting. And then you got this side story of Xavier and Sinister. I love this book. It's been great since it launched and as it goes into the Falker Co, it's taken such a really cool angle and I really want to know what's going to happen. So after that is the other Spidey book, technically uncanny Spider-Man number four. Uh, have I told you lately that I love Kurt? Kurt is the best. And I kind of hope even after everything is resolved, he just keeps staying Spider-Man for a while. Cause I love him. <laughs> um, written by Cy Spurrier, art by Lee Garbett, color by Matt Meehan, letter by Joe Carmagno. We get to see Kurt, once again, interacting with with Raven, with Mystique, and trying to get through to her, and uh, that's definitely going to be spun off into the to the one shot that's going to be coming out very soon. So I'll talk about it more there, and also kind of balancing his relationship with Silver Sable and this whole like when she's in the uniform, when the helmet's on, she's hunting him, but once the helmet's off, they're just going to be cute and you know a couple and. It does that that whole idea doesn't survive, unfortunately. And it's really heartbreaking for a relationship that's only really been about around for two issues. I'm just kinda like, oh, like that's a real that's a real shame. And so I think they've done a great job of setting that up. And God, use Sable more. Give Sable another book. I remember the Silver Sable in the Wild Pack book. That was great. Uh next one is Wolverine 39. Uh this one 
is I love this world tour Wolverine's going on because he has nothing better to do before all the fall of X happens. Written by Benjamin Percy, art by Juan Jose Rip, colored by Frank Darmada, and letter by Corey Petit. Uh, Wolverine ends up in Wakanda and ends up teaming up with T'Challa in his new outfit and his new digs of like this um, burning T'Chaka like city where everything and everything bad about Wakanda is happening here, which I still love the concept of. It's amazing. And just to see them work together uh, is just fun. I, I like this again, world tour that Wolverine's going on kind of remind you that Wolverine is like a big part of the overall Marvel universe, not just the X-Men universe. So yeah, very cool. Final issue is invincible Iron Man. Number 12 written by Gary Dugan. Guest art by Iguara, colored by Brian Valenza, and lettered by Joe Caramagna. Um, yeah. As everything is coming together, we get to see Riri Williams show up and help back Tony up. We get to see Emma hint that maybe the illusion is not going to be needed much longer. And the two of them, Tony and Emma, are about to launch their offensive, and I love it so much. And that also includes... Uh, oh, they oh, they stomp out a Sentinel in the best way possible, by the way. Um, but it also includes finally a little bit of hope for Rhodey, which I really, really liked. Um, God, this is going to come together beautifully, isn't it? I'm so excited. So That's it for all the issues of the week. Now, I want to give a quick shout out. Make sure to check out my uh, good friend Case's podcast. Uh, this is called Men of Steel. Uh, if you don't know Men of Steel, it is a book centered around Superman and Superman-related topics. Um, sometimes they talk about actual Superman stories. Sometimes they talk about something surrounding it or a similar character. It's very cool. If you, if it's a great uh, archive of superhero stories and uh, a variety of different things. You'll learn stuff you don't know. I promise, because I did. Uh, every time I listen to it, I learn something a little bit better. Uh, but they did put out a new issue uh, or new episode, excuse me, on the 23rd. And I want you to check it out, first of all, because I'm on the episode, <laughs> but also because um, we were talking about Reflected Glory, a short story uh, from a superheroes anthology novel um, that I really, really liked. And it is written by the amazing and legendary Paul Kupperberg. And in the middle of the episode, Case actually got got to interview Paul Kupperberg, and it's a really good interview. I really enjoy it. I wish I was there for the interview, but I'm kind of glad I wasn't because I would have been really obnoxious. And uh, but I, I highly recommend it. So make sure to check it out because I I just really like it. It's really good. So their Twitter is Men of Steel Pod. Uh, you find Case at, at Case Aiken A A I K E N, and his co-host J Mike at J Mike One Hundred One. So follow all of them there check other stuff they're amazing um i just wanted to give that shout out before i move on to my normal plugs and everything so normal plugs let's get this over with <laughs> make sure to check us out on twitter you can find me at whi podcast keith you can find producer liz whi podcast liz and you can find hostway at hostway reads hostway uh, so you can check us all in there make sure to follow the show though at whi podcast that is the best place to follow what we do uh, every time a new episode comes out, you'll get a Twitter uh, post about it. It'll have a link to the episode, timestamps for each publisher, and a list of every issue that we reviewed that week. It's really the best way to keep up with everything. So good way to do it. 
Also follow our show Jukebox Vertigo at Jukebox Vertigo. That is our musical playlist building show. And we have an episode coming out very soon, I promise. And I'm very excited about it. And we might have a new project coming soon. A little early to talk about that. But definitely check it out. Uh, once again, at Jukebox Vertigo. Catch up on the old episodes and uh, just be ready. Because I think we're going to have a lot of fun very soon. Also, make sure to follow Josue on Twitch at Josue Plays Josue. He's not really playing a lot right now because he's working a lot. But once he starts playing again, I know he'll love having an audience. If you guys are there for him, I'm sure he'll really appreciate it. Finally, make sure to follow our network for jukebox vertigo at certain pov on twitter there's certain pov media and the website is certainpov.com. Uh, follow us there it's a great way to keep up with so many awesome podcasts i cannot recommend it enough um i listen to basically all of them as they come out because it's just a great cross-section of so many different things uh, music movies uh comics obviously um just everything you might TV, you know, anything books, books that burn is great. Uh, check them all out and, um, you'll probably see me pop up occasionally too. So very cool. Also, when you go to the website or you go to their Twitter, uh, make sure to join the discord. I cannot recommend the discord enough guys. It's so much fun. Lots of really fun people having great conversations, respecting each other. It's just such a great place, a great refuge from the hellscape that is Twitter. So I highly, highly recommend it. Also, you might see some stuff from me on there before you see it anywhere else. So if you like a little teaser, that's a really great way to do it. Uh, Don't forget to bag, board, and box your new treasures. And we'll see you next week with a new batch of beautiful books. Stay safe and read more comics. Hey, Nerf Herders. You sure you want to go with that? Hey, everyone? There we go. More inviting. Have you ever had a movie that you really wanted to love, but something holds you back? Or one that you did love in spite of a flaw? Well, I'm Casey. And I'm Sam Alisea. And on another pass, we sit down with cool guests to look at movies that we find fascinating. But flawed. And we try to imagine what could have been done when they were made to give them that little push. We're not experts. We just believe in criticism. Uh, constructive criticism. Sure. So come take another pass at some movies with us. And every now and then, we can celebrate movies that did it on their own, too. You can find us at certainpov.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Pass it on. 